Welcome. It is Sunday. We are recording on a Sunday. And this is the Queer Mo cast. We're coming to you live, pre recorded. Uh, <laughs> I am your lovely host, Shim Sham. Pronouns they, them, or he, him, or she, her. They're all good. And to my front, we have our lovely co host. <laughs> Hello, I'm KJ. They, them here. Thank you so much for the introduction, Mama. How are you this afternoon? You know, uh, we were talking about this. I'm sleepy. I have, I've been having weird sleep issues. Uh, recently, uh, a little bit worse, even though lifelong years problems. So, yeah. And you know, and I've been having more migraines, and I think I'm drinking too much coffee, uh, and I think the caffeine is not helping, but... Oh, no. But you know I love my caffeine. I know, it's such blasphemy. That's such a hard thing to cut down on. And so I, like, cut down on my coffee for, like, two days. (laughs) (laughs) And and we're already back to drinking more, so you're welcome. You're welcome. How are you? Well, it's really hard. Well, I'm I'm doing really well, uh, for the most part. I'm feeling a little... I think I I mentioned this to you in one of my messages recently. I am at a point now where I have exactly the amount of things going on that I can handle and I cannot take on anything else. Okay. And yet people seem to want to try to have me take on more things. Mm. So I'm practicing the art of saying no gracefully as much as I can, Um, which is getting easier, but it's still, you know, for people pleasers from the Midwest who grew up in weird uh, repressive households, it's a very specific sub demographic uh, (laughs) of many, many people. uh, It's weird to say no to things where you're like, but that could benefit me in the future, or it could benefit the relationship I have with that person, or uh, it's just uncomfortable and awkward to say no. (laughs) And uh, and and sometimes in the moment it's so hard because you're like, I legit would uh, put this in my schedule. Like it's possible, mm-hmm. and so you say yes in the moment, and then you realize it's possible, but now I don't have any fucking free time. <laughs> <laughs> Jay's favorite response to things when I ask, like, do we want to run out to the grocery store today, or do we want to run this errand? He's like. We could, but at what cost? <laughs> and that's become my mantra. Mm-hmm. At what cost? Um, and the cost is my free time, my sanity, and my ability to even. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. and, and your toenails. I recently stubbed my big toenail no. into my he- I stubbed it into my heel. So I stubbed it on myself. No! And that toenail has now fallen off. You're welcome. Ow. Oh, my God. Your your body was a door jam. That's terrible. And it happened during my birthday party. <gasps> my birthday party, people. Your birthday party. I'm 33. I know. I don't look a day over 32, but I'm 33. <laughs> I look really good. She's ravishing, uh, darling. She's ravishing. You know why I look so good? Why? I just discovered hippies, chickpea puffs. <laughs> Their sriracha They're... ones are really good. I oh, love them so yeah. Much. <laughs> That's sriracha sunshine. There's, so... there's vegan white cheddar. Oh, vegan white, white cheddar. cheddar. There's vegan nacho cheese. Oh, my goodness. There's sriracha sunshine. Mm-mm. And there's BBQ. Oh, my goodness. BBQ. And... Uh, our mutual friend, Jonathan, mm-hmm. sent me a box of Ooh. probably 16 to 20 of the little bags. Oh. And let me tell you, I got that box upon just waking up, because I wake up at noon on a weekend. <laughs> and uh, I had not had breakfast, so I had about 10 of those little baggies for breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> They're so small. 
they're so exact. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, so, I, I'm, um, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. I'm with you. You know, oh. it, what, what you were saying earlier, too, about, like, giving up coffee or, like, cutting down on caffeine, it's actually really tough because when you change the way that you eat um, for moral purposes or health purposes or whatever it is that, that, that you're changing to eat, um, for me, it was I had to get dairy out of my life because it was uh, d- disrupting my ability to live. Um, and I'm allergic to eggs. So, uh, and I have a certificate that says it's not a certificate, but <laughs> I have. She got a certificate. I, I have medical notes that say so from a doctor. Um, but it's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's hard when, like, the vices, right? You don't drink. I drink very, very infrequently now. So, like, when something like caffeine, which is, like, the one vicey thing that you kind of keep around in your life and overindulge in sometimes starts to turn on you, you're like, well, what is there? (laughs) (laughs) What do I have? I just love it. So you have hip peas. That's hip peas for you. Oh, (laughs) so good. Mm. Uh, My little kitty cat, Soda, she just keeps rubbing against my legs, and it's so wonderful. Oh, see, that's... I'm uh I'm in my cozy soft light heaven right now. I've put mm-hmm. up a bunch of new string lights to make my office a little bit more soft light and glowy. Um, but I am playing a dangerous game today because off to the side I have a uh a woodwick candle that's crackling, and then I also have mm. my uh, uh my vaporizer on, and they're both relatively loud, so it might show up in this recording. <laughs> because they're right next to the microphone. But I'm feeling so good. This room is already turning into a like mini rainforest and there's a little wood crackle going on. I'm feeling so calm and zen. <laughs> I liked that. That was nice. You're welcome. Um I've now started singing Ave Maria when I die in Fortnite and <laughs> it's really bringing me into the universe in a really good way oh i'm only saying this oh go ahead oh heyday just took a sip out of a soda and so i have to tell you sarah mist has been discontinued wait what and yeah yes (gasps) you'll still find it in stores until they sell out but it's now called starry okay and i bought myself some starry I love the branding, cute little branding, uh, but it's just Sierra Miss. <laughs> I love that. It's that is okay. Mike and Aubrey talk about that all the time. That's like a cynical lateral move. It's not. It's not. It's just rebranding. It's not. It's not anything I think it's different. Bad. I like the. Star. Is it better? You know, I'm a sucker for anything new. I really am. You could call Coca Cola like moonshine lovely wonderful meow and i'd be like oh it's wonderful it's new it's brand new brand new (laughs) brand new the can's now pink you know what you're the you're 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 the target for marketing that's 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 what they're trying to do they're trying to get right into your brain also who who gave a shit about sierra mist right it was just what you ordered when you couldn't get sprite <laughs> exactly sierra mist okay uh yeah. the so only they're... time i liked sierra mist more than sprite was when i still drank a lot more soda and they would come out with their holiday flavors and the oh. cranberry sierra mist was way better than the like cranberry sprite um okay. and that was just that's just an opinion um d- don't cancel me for it uh no i'm kidding she's canceled no no i think you're right i think the cranberry serum was better so what's gonna happen next thanksgiving (gasps) (gasps) cranberry starry (laughs) we'll see we'll see oh my goodness well speaking of moonshine stardust loveliness let's get into our tarot card for today let's do it Today, I'm using the Spooky Tarot deck by Ryan Kasky, which Junko and I both uh, donated to the Kickstarter to get because we were like, this is cool. I love the artwork. Today, we have the Queen of Worms. The Queen of Worms. Can you describe what you're seeing, Mama? Well, she's wearing some sort of, like, theatrical mask. And then Mm -hmm. she's holding a bowl of worms. And then 
her hair is like made of worms. Mm-hmm. It's very wormy. And she's wearing like it's a very cloak. worms. She's got a beautiful cloak. It's almost Elizabethan looking. Um, mm. But we had the Queen of Wands reversed. So today, this actually, I like this. This is a good message for coming into a new week. We made it through the New Year's season, that little pushback into quote unquote regular everyday life, whatever the hell that means. I dropped the book. No! No, it's ruined. All right. So we have the Queen of Worms reverse. So that means uh, with this with this card here, I, this, this is uh, similar to the Queen of Wands. And the Queen of Wands is a card that's usually a card that has their shit together, but likes to do things their own way or likes to figure out how to do things in a way that works more for them. And... When the card is reversed with the Queen of Worms, here's some advice going into your week. Look inward to strengthen your resilience and purpose. Disregard the notions of others and learn to fully trust yourself and your instincts. So think about that. How many times, I'm going to bring this back to queer people because we are the queer cast. Okay. Think about the number of ways that queer people just in general in our everyday day-to-day life were kind of taught to not trust our instincts to not develop a sense of self surrounding who we believe we really are as we're developing to varying degrees. There are a lot of really wonderful, open, welcoming, armed communities, but the general society says that we shouldn't be as out as we want to be a lot of the time. And we queer people often learn to not trust themselves, to not trust their instincts, to not go for what they want. And, Sometimes it is fine to just say, hey, that's cool. You got that opinion over there, but that doesn't mean anything to me. Like, the, your opinions about me don't have to mean anything to me. Um, particularly if you're not hurting anybody. If you're harming other people, other people's opinions might matter a little bit more. But that's not what this card's about. Mama, thoughts, feelings, opinions. Well- I don't even know if this is related, but this is what I'm ruminating on. And also it has to do with one of our topics today. Mm -hmm. Um, But in, um, in like, I I guess you'd call it popular media or just, uh, and that usually comes from like the coasts, like New York or LA or something like that. Um, there is a really big attitude that we're like post homophobia and yeah. like and that that is a thing of the past and almost like acting like a thing of the distant past right. and uh I just have to tell you that homophobia is alive and well mm-hmm. and that every and like especially um if you're from smaller areas like our generation, definitely as millennials, like, we're still dealing with the coming of age in a super homophobic environment. So yes. whenever I kind of hear those um, sentiments that, like, they're like, where are, I don't know, just that homophobia is kind of over. And homophobia is usually a lot worse for queer people. And when I say queer people in this instance, I'm talking about people who perform their gender differently. Right. Um, so uh, w- if you're gay or lesbian, but perform your gender very cisgender, um, still difficult, still has all your own struggles. Absolutely. And sometimes for those people, it's harder to come out because they assimilate so well. But um, queer people who perform their gender differently... Um, we were targets from a young age. And so anyway, listening to that card, um, I think sometimes as queer people, we really, I I know for me, I'll just speak about me. I really take in a lot of media from like LA and um, New York uh, because, uh, because that's where a lot of queer people are making, uh, making stuff. Um, But then when I hear that, I'm like, Oh girl, you really don't realize or, or or you do realize and you're just not saying it in this moment, which is sometimes mm-hmm. hard to take in. Um that like 
And that leads me. Should I go into our first thing? Or you know what? This is this is a perfect segue because I think it's hard to talk around it now because you're so <laughs> like ready to get into it. So I say, yeah, go for it. Okay, so this is kind of, we're calling this episode a little bit of, like, rage, queer rage, part two, part two. Um, <laughs> I saved the episode title on my computer, Crage part two, Revenge of the Queers. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, so, in Wisconsin in 2020 tried to pass a ban on gay conversion therapy uh, because... Gay conversion therapy is wrong. It's harmful, and um, and I mean, I what I'm talking around is I want to say it doesn't work, but it doesn't. You can say like, that. You can say that. That almost that almost sounds like if it did work, it'd be okay. <laughs> and that's not. How about, how about this? Say. Let's let's say it doesn't work, and. Aubrey said it this. I'm just going to quote Aubrey from, from Ain't It's Face. It doesn't work. And even if it did, why would we do it? <laughs> is exactly, exactly what she said. Because <laughs> that's the thing. It's like, it doesn't work, but also it's harmful. And even if it did work, exactly, why would we do it? Um, and so the Republicans blocked that ban in Wisconsin <laughs> because they're horrible, horrible, horrible people. They are. They know better. You know, I, I I have some coworkers now that sometimes say shame on you for for different things, not on me, but on like certain things. And so now I've started saying that. So I'm like shame on those Republicans because they know better and they're doing this to gain political power. This is just a political stunt. They know better. Um, and so now recently in Wisconsin, um. Uh, they're re-blocking the ban, basically. So gay conversion therapy is not illegal in Wisconsin. They will not let us ban it. And, uh, yeah, so kind of taking that in, like, Wisconsin and the Midwest and America... (laughs) I know. ...in general is just in a really horrible place because all of these evil goons and goblins have come out of the... They're just... They're so vocal about their goony, goblin-y opinions. And, like, they're not being canceled. They should be canceled. They should be deleted. <laughs> they should be control alt control alt delete them and their program. <laughs> you know, but and so anyway, I don't know. I'm a little exhausted. Tell me what you're thinking. So it's it's really interesting that uh, this was the first topic that we brought up because we as a general society, like when and, and when I say general society, I mean in terms of norms. We're not talking about on a day-to-day basis. We are no longer in a place where we are having a, like, hot topic debate about gay conversion therapy. That's, like, two, well, about a decade to a decade and a half ago was when that was really cooking again. The 90s to about 2005, 2006, maybe all the way through 2010. But about around that time, we really started to, like, societally turn around on that. And it became... Again, because of the work of hundreds of thousands of activists across the country, constantly pushing and pushing and pushing. That doesn't happen by accident. I want to make that explicit. Anybody who thinks that they just changed their mind out of the ether is wrong and they're lying. And I agree with Aubrey. We should tell them they're wrong. (laughs) Um, But uh, we did. We turned it around. And that doesn't mean everybody's on board, but generally speaking, they are. So you're right. They're trying to play to these people in these communities that have more political power than they should because of wildly gerrymandered districts and holding on to their political power by playing a political game with something that not only impacts people very deeply, but also they won't lose points with the people that matter to them. They're going to gain points for it. So you're absolutely right. It's just, it's maddening. And the worst part about it is that at this point in time, there's really nothing the voters of Wisconsin can do unless the laws are rewritten and the people who have the power to rewrite those laws have no interest in rewriting those laws or redistricting those those areas unless they get forced to by a federal mandate. I, yeah, that wasn't very positive. <laughs> no, but it's so true. I'm, 
on, I think, like, a more optimistic side, like you said, I don't know. I don't really think this means there's a resurgence of gay conversion therapy in Mm -hmm. Wisconsin. I could be wrong. It's just the sheer act that they won't let Wisconsin ban it. Wisconsin, uh, the good people... (laughs) We want to ban it to just prevent any harm and prevent anyone who may still be doing it in the state. That information I don't have. And um, so we just want to do that to, to, to just make it clear that this doesn't work. It's harmful. Even if it did work, why would we do it? You know, <laughs> exactly. But the fear, the, the sheer fact that they're ban- or blocking the ban gives a little bit of legitimacy to it to the uneducated and ignorant not to most people most people are well aware it doesn't work i honestly don't even know who would partake in gay conversion therapy i don't think any licensed psychologist would but Mm-mm. maybe that, maybe that's too optimistic maybe there are some i mean no well credited yeah. psychologist is going at this point in time is going to risk their career by putting their name on gay conversion therapy unless that is the basis of their psychological study um, right and the only thing i can think of is christian counseling i don't know mm-hmm. anything about christian counseling i just Nor know do that I it care exists to. exactly <laughs> so i don't know there's t- i just know it exists and and it's very like I see it all over Eau Claire, at least. Yeah, um, there's a people lot advertise for Christian counseling, and yeah. uh, and so I, I don't know what the basis of Christian counseling is. I don't know um, if that's helpful, if that's harmful. Maybe some queer people have partaken, and it's been helpful for them. I have no idea. What I do know is that it is based around having, you know, a personal relationship with Christ, having a personal relationship with God. Um, and that's pers- That's not for me. And if it's for you, that's totally fine. I would imagine that some of the practices, because most religious beliefs are based around guilt it, and shame yeah. in, in, in Christianity, it's really hard to detach Christianity from guilt and shame in a lot of ways for queer people. That's not to say that it's it's completely impossible and that there aren't like denominations and churches that have found success and have queer members who find a deep love and devotion there. However, on a again, on a general overarching meta level, Christianity has been a force for not great in the lives of many queer people on a much higher statistical level. And that's something you can measure, that's something you can chart, that's been surveyed. Um, that doesn't mean that it's inherently evil for everybody. It doesn't mean it's inherently terrible. It's not for me because, um, unpacking most of my childhood trauma comes right back to that. So that's why when people, no, oh, this is a completely separate topic. Do I want to go down this, 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 this path? Anyway, let's just put it this way. Um, if you want to go to a Christian counselor and you think that's going to help, that's totally fine. A Christian counselor should is not and should not be accredited to do gay conversion therapy, and that is the official stance of the Queer MoCast TM copyright <laughs> restricted. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it's just that is happening in Wisconsin, and it just it just makes you feel like it's setting everything back. It's just awful, and um, and what I don't know. It's yeah. So. That's our first headline. It's it's sad. Well, Mama, it is. Um, so here's <laughs> I have I have three that I want to bring up. And I would like I think I'm going to try to sandwich them because there's one in the middle. That's I guess you could call it more fun <laughs> than the other two are <laughs> terrible. Um, so I would try to sandwich the less awful one in the middle and then uh so and then of course you weigh in whenever you're like ready to to bring up one of yours maybe we'll go back and forth a little bit if you want to find something on twitter to scream about because you'll find something the moment you open up the app Um, but here is our next headline this comes to us from nbc news desantis seeks transgender university students health care information Oh, my God. (laughs) 
slight pointed silence (laughs) before before you reacted. Just kill me. And the sub-headline is, the Florida governor sent a survey to state universities requesting the number of students who sought or received gender-affirming treatment. Jesus Christ. So, all right. Let's read a little bit from this article. Feel free to shriek or scream and react as much as you would like. Why he's conducting the survey wasn't completely clear. Yes, it fucking is. Jesus Christ. No. I know that they're trying to equivocate. The, you know the reason why. Stop pretending like you don't know. Anyway. Yeah, and this is what bugs me. Because <laughs> you can't pretend... even get through one sentence. <laughs> no, no. Because media, I get that some journalists think that you have to come from this point of neutrality. But a point of neutrality... That would be like reporting on the Holocaust and being like, well, this is Hitler's point of view, and that's valid in his eyes. (laughs) He was committing genocide. It was horrible. So, like, playing ignorant is not neutral journalism. This is bad journalism, NBC, and you should be ashamed. I know. For shame. Uh, so See, I, I'm very, very much on the shame on you. Shame on you. Shame on you. Shame. Shame. <laughs> Do you have a bell also that you can be the town crier through to shame? I know. We're, we're going into religious territory, which is not what I want. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, was that Game of Thrones? What was that? The Shame. Well, that was was Game of Thrones, Cersei being dragged through the street naked. Good for you, honey. I was going to say, I only know know clips of that show. I've never seen an entire episode. But I know the important bits because no one would stop talking about them. Anyway, back to this. LGBTQ advocates have criticized DeSantis for policies seen as discriminatory, including banning instruction on sexual and gender identity in early grades and making it easier for parents to remove books related to the topic in public schools. Scanning oh, ahead a little way. That. Yeah, we can't even move past that. <laughs> then that sentence makes it seem like just a marginal group, LGBTQ activists, care about this. They're making it seem like a small community. Most people don't agree with this. NBC, get your shit together. I know. The next, I'm going to skip a little ahead. The uh, quote, the survey was released the same day the university presidents voted to support DeSantis's anti-woke agenda and to reject the progressivist higher education indoctrination agenda, all in quotations, while committing to, quote, removing all woke positions and ideologies by February 1st, 2023, the state education department said in a news release. How do you feel about that? This is Florida? This is Florida. Fuck. Oh my god. I just can't. I just can't. I hate Um, Quote, uh, DeSantis' budget director, Chris Spencer... Quote, our office has learned that several state universities provide services to persons suffering from gender dysphoria, Spencer wrote. On behalf of the governor, I hereby request that you respond to the enclosed inquiries to such services. The governor's office did not respond to emails and a phone call seeking information about the purpose of the survey, which must be completed by February the 10th. Spencer told the chairs of the survey... The Spencer told the chairs the survey is to be completed as part of their obligation to govern institutional resources and protect the public interest. Discuss. I mean, honestly, this is scary. This is scary. This isn't even like a, I'm tired. This is like Florida is coming for trans people and Mm -hmm. they are coming at them in a meaningful and scary way. That is, I mean, and it has been happening. This is not new in Florida, obviously. The Don't Say Gay bill, like, banning queer books. Like, Florida has been doing this for a long time, but, like, this survey is legit like Schindler's List. Like, this is... Oh, absolutely. They're asking universities to out trans people to the state government. Exactly. It's scary. This is scary fucking shit. I know it's the worst part of, well, not the worst part, but the part that stands out to me as just, again, so reprehensible is they're doing it out in the open. And we have these large news outlets being like, and it's unclear as to why they could be doing this. And yeah. just, it's like, 
No, call them out. Call them out. They are asking for what should be relatively or completely private information from universities about their students for reasons that they're making it sound, again, using like quote unquote terms like the public interest and the state budget. Basically asking, are we allocating state budget funds for trans care, which is something that we don't want to do? the fuck absolutely and and uh they they just make it seem like it's the small group lgbtq activists who care when i would say the majority of people do not want this i mean like even in wisconsin which is a very transphobic environment for the most part i think if you would ask the average person they would say well, I think that's their business and it's none of my business, <laughs> right? That's very, yeah. so like, I think the average person would be against this because it's just invading people's personal information. That's just so, it's, it's, that's, I think on a basic level, most people would disagree with this. No, absolutely. And I guess now the question I have is, what do we do? You know, what are what are the actionable steps like we can't solve this by ourselves and we can't and we're not going to uh, we're not even going to try. But what we can do is consider what are the options? What do we have? Because, yes, we don't live in Florida. So that is uh, something that doesn't completely impact us directly day in and day out. But these are members of our community, members of our queer overarching family, which is a complicated and difficult family to be a part of for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. I just, like, I want to be in support. I want to have actionable steps. And yet, it's really difficult because we can we can donate money. We can write letters. The problem is, is that the highest positions of the state government in Florida and in Texas and in several other states are these, I, I want to say wackadoos, but they're not. They're very smart, calculating, vicious vicious people that know exactly what they're doing. They're not these bumbling morons that we make a lot of the GOP out to be. They're not Marjorie Taylor Greene. These are actually people who are saying the quiet part loud because they know they can get away with it right now because the powers that be aren't calling them out. That's why, honestly, like, yes, I want to call out Ron DeSantis, but that's nothing new. I want to call out MSNBC. I want to call out NBC. I want to call out CNN. Stop with the moderate bullshit. Quit it. Stop pretending like there's not one side of an argument and then, like, no, take a stance. You know what I mean? Like, take a fucking stance and stick to it. Absolutely. And this, yeah, this, the news keeps making this fucking mistake by trying to act neutral about horrible shit. Like, there is not two sides to being a Nazi, right? When Charlottesville <laughs> happened, right? Like, no, that was a Nazi demonstration and someone died. There wasn't two sides to that. Like, oh, it's, yeah, the news is fucking up in a big way. Um, and unfortunately, and that's, that's where most people get the information to their ear holes. <laughs> like, that's how people are makes- learning about these issues. Yeah, and it makes you mad, too, because if they were to take a more um, progressive stance, which honestly I think is just a more honest stance in these situations, mm-hmm. um, they wouldn't be canceled because that's their listenership at- already. So, like, just do your job better. Like, I know. Uh, if you're trying to appeal, I don't know. I don't even know what they're thinking. I don't know. It's bad journalism. Well, they're 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 trying to appeal mostly to white moderates. That's who they're yeah. trying to appeal to. Um, they say nice things about queer people and about, you know, about, about marginalized communities some of the time. So they have advocates on there, but who their target demographic is are they're, they're, they're talking to like upper middle class and middle, middle class white people. That's who they're talking to for the most part. And I don't think they're doing a bad job all of the time, but I think they are generally not doing as good of a job as they could be and should be doing. And also on shit like this, it's like, no, why are we ugh, anyway we have so much to get through <laughs> we do it's we don't have time and, 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 
And the reason we're exhausted is because this is not new, right? This is, has been happening. I mean, this was all happening with Obama even, right? Like, Obama didn't come out of the gate pro-LGBTQ rights. Right. Like, this fight has been happening for a long time. Um, Obama finally came around better on LGBTQ issues, and we felt like we were making progress. And it wasn't just Obama. I should want, it's, It was just the Obama era is what mm-hmm. I kind of meant. Um and so then when Trump got elected, it was just, it felt like all that hard work was going backwards because um, the Obama era was not, a lot of good was happening, but it also wasn't like, it wasn't like there wasn't struggles, especially no. for the trans community. Um, you know what I mean? Like, don't say gay, or um, don't ask, don't tell was repealed not that long ago. No, like, it's very recent. <laughs> Exactly. So it's like all this fighting has been happening for uh, and and that's just my lifetime, too. Right. When I talk about Obama, like I turned 18 when he got elected. So like that's our lifetime of when we finally became of age and like activists. This obviously has been happening for way longer than that. But anyway, then. So, yeah, you get it. This has been a long it just seems like all this hard work is now not we're not going forward anymore. No, and we are taking relatively regressive steps back in a lot of areas. And <clears throat> yeah, so uh, this this one's not great. Um, it's really tough, too, because, again, it's hard to know what to do or what to say to be involved. There are advocacy groups in Florida. I'm going to link a couple of them down below. There's also the Okra Project that works specifically with trans communities of color. Um, and they... There, there are some entities that are doing real good that could use your support, could use, frank, fr- frankly, your funds. They need your coins. So if you got a couple, I'll put some links down below. Throw some coins at them because at this point in time, we need the people with the resources and the know-how and the, and the, 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 the advocacy knowledge to be on the ground doing the work they got to do. And sometimes the best thing you can do is show your vocal support. Make sure that you're throwing throwing that hat in the ring, but not trying to shout over people who know better than you. And frankly, if you've got money, you better be fucking donating it at this point in time. Find something. If it's the one thing that you do today, uh, and yes, I'm talking directly to you, whoever is listening. I'm talking <laughs> to you. If you got five extra dollars or if you have 20 extra dollars, spread them around a little bit. Spread the love. Let's make some change here, because at this point in time, we live in a capitalist hellhole nightmare, and the only way that change happens is with money. (sighs) Which was hard for me to say out loud without wanting to scream (laughs) and explode. (laughs) Anyway, so thank you very much for coming with us on that journey. Mama, how about this? Do you want to find us some palate cleansers? Oh, you know what? You know what? I might actually Mm. have something here. Oh, good. So, okay. So I don't know how many of you are familiar with the show We're Here, which is a HBO Max produced show featuring Shangela, Bob the Drag Queen, and Eureka, or Eureka O'Hara, who are three drag queens who are all Ru- RuPaul Drag Race girls who have now kind of branched off into their own thing. They go to small communities or communities that are less than, less than kind, this is a nice way to say it to the lgbtq population um to to do two things number one to do some advocacy three things sorry to do some advocacy for the queer community to show other queers in that town that there are more of you than you think there are and that you do have a community here even if it didn't feel like it before we can we can do this especially when we're backed by a very large television network's finances um because we can't we can't ignore that fact um and also they go in there to put on a good goddamn show and just show people that like queer people like to have fun and if you don't want this to be in your town well then you're no fun you suck you're no fun (laughs) you're no fun um and they went to florida at the end of their most recent season and okay it was scary there were there was there were a few moments where it really seemed like they were going to get into a fight. Somebody was going to attack them. There were threats against the show, like they had to have extra security, which we haven't heard about or seen on the show before. And yet, at every single one of these shows, packed houses of just supportive 
beautiful queers and allies there to watch a show and cheer on somebody trying drag for the first time. Uh, trying something new, a different expression of who they are. And the reason I really hold on to that show is because, yes, it's well-produced. It's HBO, so of course it's well-produced. But it's also this really nice take on Queer Eye I love, but Queer Eye is very individualistic, right? It's about fixing this one person and how their life can change if they just like showered more and got a haircut, uh, which is often, often what happens. Um, whereas this show, it's a lot of whole person experiences. They find out more about their past. They find out about their community of people around them. They bring their friends and family into it. And then they put them in a situation with other people outside of that small community that they have, showing them that, hey, we're literally, we are here. We, we're here. We're queer. And people don't have to get used to it. They should. They don't have to. But we are here together and we can be here more together. So I think that that's a really beautiful show that um, if you don't have HBO Max, I know it's really frustrating because it's behind a paywall. Um, <laughs> and that's really, really tough. Um, there are clips of it on YouTube if you want to catch some clips. But it's just beautiful that that show exists in some way. It's not on mainstream media. But we are mainstreaming queers and queens. And Eureka just came out as a trans woman. So it's just, it's this beautiful, like, expression of the fact that the queer community is so much more than, frankly, the hot cis gays of mm-hmm. Queer Eye, who I do love. They're all sweet, lovely people. But besides JVN, they're all ripped and... <laughs> You know what I mean? And JVM's beautiful and hot, but JVM's voluptuous. Uh, Voluptuous. Um, And could do a backflip better than I ever will be able to. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's a slight palate cleanser for us before we get into my slightly more fun story? Question mark? Is it fun? Let's have some fun. Let's have some fun. You know what? We can because I think it's fine to make fun a little bit of queer people who are not doing it for the gays. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. So some of you may have heard the name George Santos recently. Um, If you haven't, uh, he is, I believe, New York State's first out queer Republican or gay male Republican congressperson. Um, Gay Republicans. I know. What a What's your problem? Why do you hate yourself? So when I searched for George's name, these, I did not cherry pick these. I'm going in order of the articles that popped up as in the news. George Santos is accused of taking $3,000 meant for veterans dying dog. <laughs> Santos, <laughs> via NPR, via Business Insider, Santos was going to propose to boyfriend while married to wife, a report. <laughs> USA Today, is Santos the only one? We investigated all 93 new members of Congress. <laughs> via Vanity Fair, Stakeouts, a missing scarf, and a dying dog inside the George Santos Media Circus. <laughs> Via the New York Post, liar rep elect George Santos admits fabricating key details of his bio. New York Magazine, which we're going to go through this one more in depth. Here's every single lie told by George Santos. The Washington Post, new details link George Santos to cousin of sanctioned Russian oligarch. <laughs> Vox. I just, I can't get past that first one. That sounds like a family guy headline. I know. Money designated to a veteran's dying dog. I know. And then cartoonish villainy. So. Vox, did Republican representative elect George Santos lie about his life story? The answer, uh, uh, spoiler alert, yes. Yes, he did. Uh, And then the final one, the foreword, Congressman elect George Santos lied about grandparents fleeing Jewish persecution. (laughs) This man, this man, I swear to the goddess. Okay, so this is from the New York Times article. Um, since the New York, or, or sorry, this is New York Magazine. Um, oh. 
Quote, since the New York Times revealed that George Santos was not quite the man he sold himself as to, as to voters, it's been hard to track down exactly what is true about the incoming representative's life story. Is he broke or rich? Is he Jewish or Catholic? Did his family members really die in the Holocaust or September 11th? So let's just stop there. Here are things we did not need to lie about, right? No one needed to care about any of these things in order to vote for this man. These are just facts that could have been facts about him if he had just told the truth. So this is where we're actually getting into Bell Bell Gibson territory, the um, Australian grifter from Maintenance Phase who lied about having cancer. It's this... (laughs) I think, honestly... Is she the one... Who's the one that said I identify... She, like, basically said I identify as 21. (laughs) Oh, yes. So she lied about her age. She made herself older. And the way she worded it was, I understand my age to be as I've always known to be 26. (laughs) to be as what I've always known. Like she, she can't answer any question truthfully because she doesn't really know what the truth is anymore. And part of me wonders if that's a little bit of what's going on with this man, but he's more calculated about it. We're going to get there. So, okay. He lied about where he went to high school. Santos, whose parents emigrated from Brazil, says he attended Horace Mann High School in the Bronx during his first years of high school, but had to leave the prestigious a- a private academy in his senior year because my parents fell on hard times, which was something that would later become known as the Depression of 2008. But a spokesperson for the school told CNN in December that there was no evidence he attended the school, that, uh, that, that, there, that there was no evidence he was ever there. So uh, just a weird lie that, again... In this day and age, very easy to vet. Like, and also, this isn't like who 1905. Cares, who cares where you went to high school? Did you think you were going to score points with people from the Bronx? Who cares? I mean, probably. That is probably what he thought. You know, like, hey, I went to Europe. I went to that school. Like, and here's the thing. There is a thing in academia where... The prestigious private academy you attend, you uh, uh, attended, especially as incoming members of Congress, where a lot of that shit matters to these people because oh. they're all weird and like need to get a life. Um, like who gives a shit? I went to Altoona right. High School and then I graduated from University of Wisconsin La Crosse and then I went to Augsburg University. None of those things matter to anybody who doesn't know what those things are. They just know I I did those things. Who gives a shit anyway? Uh- exactly. And she paid for it with money designated for a dying dog. I know. We have to we 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 have so many lies to get through. We have so many lies to get through. We have to keep I, moving. I'll never get uh, past that one. So dying he lied dog also money. lied about where he went to college. We're just gonna we're just gonna gonna go past that one. There was also something about a volleyball team. We don't have time. He never worked on Wall Street. His campaign bio states he worked at Goldman Sachs and Citigroup, but representatives for both companies told the Times they had no record of his employment. Again, why this very easily traceable <laughs> lie? These very large corporations that very Honestly, few Americans I don't think, know. <laughs> I think what's going on is just all these places have lost his records, which is just such a shame. I think that's such a shame this is happening to him. If only he had money designated for a dying dog. So so this next part <laughs> is about, uh, so where did his money come from? I'm going to skip all of it. It's boring. It's about investment. It came from it's about the all dying dog. It came from the dying dog. It was just, oh my goodness, it's just so much. But let's just say he may have been involved in a Ponzi scheme. There's, <laughs> there's just so much here. Was he selling Herbalife? He was selling Herbalife. Herbalife. <laughs> anyway. Um... I swear I had multiple sclerosis, and then I went on Herbalife, and it was gone. It was gone. Okay. So I uh, I need to pull up something else really quickly. Um, Santos. I want to specifically pull up something about. Okay. So. <laughs> All right. So this I'm I'm only laughing because of how absolutely I'm I'm laughing because I'm uncomfortable. I need to make that clear. This laughter is uncomfortable laughter. The title of this NPR article is His Dog Was Dying and He Needed Help. He says he ended up swindled by George Santos. 
<laughs> okay, so let's Real just get much. into this for a second. About two weeks ago, Rich Ossoff was watching the news when suddenly he saw a familiar face. The man had dark hair and glasses, and he walked outside the U.S. Capitol surrounded by reporters. I didn't recognize him right away, but I knew he crossed me in the street and he had done something awful to me, Ossoff, a Navy veteran from New Jersey, told NPR. And the man on television was someone he'd been introduced to in 2016 as Anthony DeVolder. So this is another thing. People are saying that that's not his real name. His real name might actually be Anthony. So (laughs) a man Ossoff said took thousands of dollars of money from a GoFundMe account that was meant for a life-saving surgery for his beloved service dog that a man now known the as the newly awful the man now known as the newly elected republican representative george santos of new york they were very clear to say he's now known as that because it might not be his real fucking name um he's been caught in a slew of lies and deceptions about his resume family heritage and personal life and who is now under investigation so <laughs> um the story goes on to explain how how this 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 all got connected it was a series of connections but ultimately this man got swindled out of money that was specifically raised to save his dog how awful it's awful oh and, my um, god so but and it's also hilarious not because it happened but just like <laughs> You can't think of anything more villainous. No, it's, it's so just... cartoonishly villainous. It's like Mr. Burns from The Simpsons. It's, it's like Scrooge McDuck. It's, it's just so like, ridiculous. He took money for a dying service dog for a Navy veteran. Also, there are pictures and videos have resurfaced of him under a, a drag persona in Brazil, I believe is where it was. Like, this man is like... He's a lying liar face. I'm sorry. Frankly, I'm, I'm I'm sorry, queer community. I'm just going to speak on behalf of us for a second. We don't want him. Like, he can go away. Like, like we don't want him. We don't need him. Um, <laughs> he's not invited to any more of the parties. Picture. I don't think I've um, looked up a picture yet. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you have to look. Up, I'm, I'm actually amazed you, amazed you haven't heard a lot of this yet. <laughs> Only because it's just been everywhere recently. I can't escape it for some reason. Probably because I follow Michael Hobbs's tweets, and Michael does tweet about a lot of things. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. He looks a little bit like he'd take money for a dying dog. Doesn't he? Those glasses do make him look cartoonishly villainous. Like, somebody mm-hmm. who's going to be revealed at the end of a, like, DC movie <laughs> as the villain all along. Uh, so, anyway... <laughs> So that's George Santos. He's an asshole. Um, And uh, he, again, I think his gay card should be revoked. I I think he should be uninvited from all the meetings. If he has a residence on Fire Island, goodbye. No more. Um, He's not allowed at P-Town. And all Pride events should boo and hiss at him when he shows up. And that is my, again, that's the official stance here at the Queer Cast about yeah. George Santos. And um, we have a lot I, of sway. We have a I lot feel, of political we do, power. We do. Also, I didn't mean to speak for you, but I felt like we were on the same page there without having to discuss that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So that was a, a se- not really a palate cleanser, but um, less terrible. We're going to get into our last, our last story here. Okay. And now we have been hearing about awful awful atrocities i need to we're gonna take this down for a second i'm so sorry but we need to stand in solidarity with our like brothers and sisters the like ladies and gentle them from all over the world and we know that there are terrible things happening in iran terrible terrible atrocities towards women and protesters and students and that's not getting talked about enough. And I wish we had more time to go into all of this. I'm just kind of doing a light touch on all of this. Please go out and just spend a little time. Again, I'll put I'll, I'll put some links down below for you to quick quickly and easily get some information about this. There are horrible human rights atrocities happening all over the place right now. And a lot of them are along lines of gender and expression and bodily autonomy, all things that queer people should be very, 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 very interested about and very outraged about. This is just a specific story coming out of Kabul. Craged. Um, Craged. Craged. So anyway, this is a story coming out of Kabul. Um, 
where the in Afghanistan, where the Taliban has now taken back over again since the U.S.'s departure, which again, exactly that complicated whole situation issue. has been awful. We needed it's to get out awful. of there, and also like. Uh, so but it, it, it it's complicated. Again, it, we just but and, and we don't have time for the deep dive on that part of it. That hmm. is just our official stance. It's complicated. It sucks. There were things we should have done that did not happen, and now it's too late to do any of those things. And this is the situation that we're in. Um, d- not the end, but the end of our statement about it. Uh, <laughs> but uh, here it is: NPR, Kabul's mannequins hooded and masked under Taliban rules. So they now are requiring all mannequins that I believe are female presenting women's dress in women's dress shops to have their faces covered and hooded so that the mannequins, which don't have faces, need to be covered. I'm just going to say that again. The mannequins don't really have faces. So under the Taliban, the mannequins in women's dress shops across the Afghan capital of Kabul are a haunting sight. Their heads cloaked in cloth sacks or wrapped in black plastic bags. The hooded mannequins are one symbol of the Taliban. They're using period. plastic bags. Yes, they are. Because, because my first thought, uh, it's again complicated issues. Because when it comes to personal beliefs about modesty and modesty yes. in relation to your spirituality, that is, if someone, if someone take. If modesty is important to someone's personal belief system, that is fine, obviously. But to mandate it for a whole population is oppressive. Absolutely. And let me just clarify, this article is about the fact that it is being mandated for an entire classification of people. also, they're not even doing it with, like, decorative clothing. A plastic bag on a mannequin, like... Is there any better of a metaphor? Like, that's awful. Yes. So, I haven't gotten to the worst part yet, so just wait. Because it does get worse. <laughs> um, so, some clothes sellers apl- uh, complied, but others pushed back. They complained that they'd be unable to display their clothes properly or would have to damage valuable mannequins. Because originally... <sighs> okay. I want to make sure that I'm reading this part absolutely corrected. Initially, the Taliban wanted the mannequins to be outright beheaded. Not long after they seized power in August of 2021, the Taliban Ministry of Vice and Virtue, a cursed phrase, decreed that all mannequins must be removed from shop windows or their heads taken off according to local media. They base the order on a strict in- strict interpretation of Islamic law that forbids statues and images of the human form since they could be worshipped as idols, though it also mes- meshes with the Taliban's campaign to force women out of the public eye. So they're claiming, again, like you said, modesty and false idols, all of this, they're using a religious basis to oppress women, specifically women. And... These shops were not originally doing that. That's the other thing that needs to be explicitly said. This was not something the shops were doing. This is something they're being told to do. So it's not about personal modesty. It's about oppression. Exactly. And and that's the the hard part when it's a cult a culture different than your own mm-hmm. is our American lens is I I don't want to make the failing of realizing that my american viewpoint yes uh, is different but at the same time this is a situation where we need to hear from the people there and the women of afghanistan at least some have definitely spoken out and said no we're being oppressed i mean the day the taliban took over women were uh, uh all women on tv were taken off of television in afghanistan mm-hmm. like no, the the uh, we are hearing from the people there, and the people there are saying this is oppressive. So this is one of those situations where we need to hear from those people, and those people are telling us this is not what we want. And exactly. And the reason I think it really is important, particularly for queer people and queer allies, to be focusing on these issues as well, is because theocracies in any form, this is what they do. 
This is why my, I, I have a personal stance on this. This might not be yours. I personally think all theocracies, it doesn't matter what they say. Theocracies in any form are just dictatorships under a different form. Dic dictatorships with different clothes on. Because when you are using religion as a basis to control everybody in a society to do exactly things the way that you want them to do, that's not autonomy. And there are plenty of people that have made it clear that in countries where we are like, oh, we couldn't have an opinion on that because it's not our culture— there are plenty of people from that culture saying, no, this is what is happening right now. You can take a stance because this is what is happening. And that is what I'm getting at, is that we can have a stance about this. They are using religion as a cloak for human rights atrocities. And Just like they do in the United States with Christianity to exactly. a way less... I mean, it's, it's not to a less... I, anyway, I don't even. It's hard no, to it's, compare. No, it's it's yeah, it's, it's it's hard to compare. I think to 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 help you help you with the words there, it's it, like I think to the ways that individuals' minds work because of the way that they are raised religiously, the way that they want to do violence to people that they don't believe should exist because exactly. of their religious beliefs. Exactly, and misogyny is just uh, homophobia, transphobia. It's all. Like it's all related, and um, and also there's no religious freedom there. We know it's like there's no freedom to explore. Like not everybody in that country is gonna share those belief systems. You know, as someone raised strictly in a religion, just because you're raised in a religion does not mean you agree with everything in that religion. So no, absolutely, they're they're using religion as a way to control people, and it's awful. Exactly, and it's just. It's hard because we are bombarded with negative news all the time that it becomes a wash to us, I think, to kind of start bringing us in for a landing. The reason that we do, in a weird way, enjoy doing these episodes, because we do kind of weirdly enjoy this, is because A, there's a catharsis in just screaming <laughs> with another person who shares mostly the same beliefs as you. And then having a discussion about it, there's something cathartic about it because then you can release the initial crage, the initial just like bubbling up of just hot rage <laughs> that comes out of you. You can quell that the teensiest bit and actually use that because anger is, as again, Aubrey has said, is catalytic. It can spur you to action. But anger can also be... It can be freezing. It can be the exact opposite. It can freeze you in your tracks and make you so incandescent you can't function. <laughs> um, so I think releasing a little bit of that is cathartic and important. And I hope that was helpful for all of you today, even though we didn't necessarily discuss the most interestingly fun topics. I hope they were interesting. Sorry, that's not the word I meant. I was trying to find a different word and it came out as interesting. We didn't discuss the most, like, this wasn't a fun, fluffy episode. We'll put it that way. Um, but to kind of turn us around a little bit, Mama, what are some... I want to I wanna just pose a question to you. What are some things that you feel like you do have within your control as a queer person that wants to, like, have a say in things? What are some things that you're like, no, I absolutely feel like I have some control over this or I know, I know ways I can get involved here? Well, <clears throat> one thing I think is so important for people is to get involved locally. It is mm. very easy to... The news, I mean, world news, national news, like, there's a lot happening everywhere. Yes. <laughs> right? And <laughs> to say the we, least. we can't solve it all, and we shouldn't think we can. Um... And so it's good to stay informed and know what's going on, but get involved locally. You can make change at a local level, and that's important. And it ends up mattering um, nationally. And so, so that is important, to find your local LGBTQ organizations. If there aren't local organizations for maybe try and form one to get involved locally is very important and so that's where you know you can make change and then 
um, like you said, if and then donating money is important too. Um, if and like you said, it doesn't have to be a lot. And if you can't donate money, that is also fine. Like yes. to realize that we don't all have the means to donate, especially lots of queer people are disenfranchised. So if you can't, but if you do have the means to donate, um, I know like for me, setting up an automatic payment to an organization that you know mm-hmm. is doing good, um, it's just a good way to give back and know that something is happening. But yeah, those are my big takeaways is to get involved locally and then uh, to some issues that are important um, to you, to make uh, some financial contributions if you can, because those are ways we can make change. And um, and I know for me, COVID has definitely set back my activism. So to... Uh, it, and I think that's okay. I think that's yeah. okay during COVID that we um, weren't as involved in face-to-face settings because we had to. We had to get less involved face-to-face. Well, um, and that is a privilege, too, because uh, some people don't have the privilege to not get involved, right? Not everybody mm-hmm. had the privilege to socially distance. Um and so, anyway, la- uh, see, complicated. But get involved locally and make financial contributions if you can. Those are my big takeaways. I love it. And, you know, like, like like we started the episode with, if you've got something in your life that brings you some joy, that brings you some solace, that brings you some peace, it is totally fine to lean into that. I, I know it sounds really trite to say it now, but I do like this metaphor. We cannot give from an empty cup because there's just nothing there to give anymore. So you have to find ways to recharge yourself and just take the time. So, Mama, if you've got to overindulge in coffee some days, some days that's just all you have. And that's okay. Uh, all, yeah. And and when you get that migraine, you just take your Imitrex and you cry. And you know what? That's fine. That's fine, Mama. That's fine, baby. You're doing great, sweetie. <laughs> Are you drinking out of that mug today? No, but I love that mug. I oh love goodness. it. You what are doing your, great. What were your big takeaways? Uh, my big takeaway is very, very similar to yours. That there are so many things happening right now, and it's a scary time. It's a scary time for queer people. It's a scary time for women. It's a scary time for black, brown people, indigenous color, and, and indigenous people of color. It's just, it, like, I'm, I'm to the point where I'm sputtering. Like, I'm having so much trouble articulating thoughts because our brains are just so mushy with this bullshit. Like, it's just bullshit from people who have the power and privilege to not be impacted by, on it, by, by it on a deep personal level. And they're the ones that are in control of everything. Yay. So when 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 those thoughts, those paralyzing thoughts hit you, just remember, we are with you. There are a lot of people in the world that are with you. If you have suggestions about ways that we could like expand this operation into uh, more avenues to create some change, we are more than welcome to like listen and learn from y'all. So if you have some ideas, send them our way at thequeermocast at gmail.com or you can find us on Facebook or on Instagram, uh, thequeermocast. Uh, I try to check messages when we get them. Uh, so just go ahead and send us something there if you've got an idea because we are all always open to new ideas, new places that we can be plugging getting involved with and also i think it's time to cheers mama oh oh my goodness so everybody get out there tell Mm. the mundo have a great day and we will see you next time bye see you there bye oh my goodness bye <laughs> what was that like? Yeah.